All right. Hey, guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 215. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. All right. In this episode, we are talking about Amazon Prime's The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt and others. Uh, before we get started, though, I want to remind you that uh, Three Drinks In is available on all streaming services. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a rating and maybe even a review. That'd be great. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Three Drinks In Pod. You can like us on Facebook and comments, compliments, and sponsor offers can be sent to Three Drinks In Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the website to find out where you can get the link to our merch store on tpublic.com for all your Three Drinks In Podcast merchandising needs. All right. So the Tomorrow War. Yeah. Not a not a bad title. It's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it has to sound sci fi so that's certainly sci fi y right? Hmm. So tomorrow or I didn't do any sort of like research into the whole thing or like <laughs> I usually kinda go that's... like, Well, who made this movie and why is it, you know like who directed it and you know, Chris McKay from Robot Chicken and the Batman movie, or the the Lego Lego Batman movie. Yeah, um, show prep for this is great. I don't know why. Yeah, anyone. doing it right now as we talk. <laughs> I don't know why anyone listens to this. No, no. <laughs> Which I've now no said two hundred and fifteen times. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of animation, it seems. That's like that's what that was. That was his bag. Um, I actually saw my friend over the weekend who's the biggest Batman fan on the planet. Oh, yes. Joe of Mo and Joe. Uh, Joe of Mo and Joe. And Joe was talking about somebody, some podcast, not ours. Um, no, like, not ours. <laughs> they were ranking their best, like the best Batmans or the best Batman movies. And like, like Lego Batman was like two or three. And even Joe was like, that's just wrong. Like, that's just incorrect. That is <laughs> And my wife goes, I don't remember seeing that. And I said, we did see that. We didn't like it. And she goes, oh, like it didn't even it didn't even lodge in her brain. You know? <laughs> it was so forgettable that it just yeah, it gets a lot of it gets a lot of you know great reviews, and I don't know why it wasn't that good. It was terrible. Yeah, it was first, so bad. The first, the first ten minutes were funny, and then it was like, oh my god, it was so well, long. Well, it was coming on the heels of the Lego Movie, which was great for a lot of reasons, you know, but predominantly I felt because, you know, you had all the stuff for kids, which was all the, you know, seizure-inducing insanity that were that were the visual effects of the movie. But then, like, everything in it, you know, beyond that was geared towards the adults taking the kids to the movie, and they said, we're going to create, like, a weird backstory about, like, the right way to build with Legos, because there's very much a two camps of, of that hobby. Do you follow the instructions or you do you become independent and, and, and creative with them? And then you had this weird backstory of like a father and son and doing things differently. And they had like a theme and a message that people could kind of get behind. Lego Batman was just like, we really want to sell more Lego Batman video games, so we should probably make a movie about it as a giant hour and a half long advertisement for those plus the actual toys themselves like it that was all it was it was so stupid yeah yeah and, and people love will arnett as the voice i went like okay fine will arnett is perpetually like that guy who can't get a a role to stick he's always in failed shows that don't last mm. like the longest thing he was in was like arrested development and he was very good in it. And that got canceled. But, but <laughs> it only came back years, because of yeah. like streaming. Right. So like but like every time he's in something, he's always like the side wacky character and then the show gets canceled. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's not he's not unfunny. He's certainly very talented. But like as people will also rank him high up on like Batman you know, voice actors or at least actors. I'm like, no, no, Kevin Conroy by a mile, if you're gonna I mean, oh, even well. like in general. Not just well, like yeah. voice actors, just as a, as an actor, he's you know he's great in that role. Yeah, Kevin Conroy is the best. He wasn't a voice actor when he started. No, he, no, he was he was just regular, like looking to do you know Shakespeare, and um, 
he just went out for it and he's been doing it ever since. <laughs> you know, it's like 30 years he's been doing Batman. Yeah. So. You know. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the Tomorrow War so that is not like a Batman movie. No, he, he directed this. So, yes, very different. Very what different. Do you think of the the Tomorrow War? Um, I, I, so I I googled or I looked up in like Apple Podcasts like the name of the movie just to see if there was somebody else who had done that I had heard that like a podcast that I also listened to that had talked about this and. There wasn't, but like one of the podcasts that showed up was literally called We Hate Movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know who you guys are. There's no chance that you're that you're actually listening to this, but that's kind of a funny title. Um, but Jesus Christ, do I miss when we used to like going to or like, like watching movies. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of the last like very positive review that I gave something. And I'm like, I don't remember and I, I could look it up but i'm not going to like I, I i liked in the heights because i liked that music but i totally get why people were like this is there's no reason this, this needs to be two and a half hours and i was dismayed by the way they changed the plot to basically screw up the story <laughs> and um although total sidebar about that i i i did i did listen to the sub beacon podcast with John Podhoritz talking about In the Heights. And when they asked him to like do like a review of the of the movie, the the sentence he started this his little oral review was it's a movie about a block or a corner in New York City. And I was like, Oh, yeah, that's the best way to describe what that movie's about. It's not about a guy or a thing or a it's about a you know, a section of neighborhood in New York City, and the the, the the three businesses that exist on this, on on this one corner, and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, that's kind of what Phil Point was. With this. They 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 couldn't pick one character to tell the story through, and so you ended up with a big mishmash. And that's I I just hadn't thought of it like that before. Anyway, um, but yeah, I did not like the Tomorrow War, and I kind of really wanted to because I was like, you know what, I should just sort of sit down and look at this for what it's supposed to be, which is like a fun action, you know, sci-fi romp. There's been a lot of these movies in the last few years, and Amazon usually spends a lot of money on things. It's, you know, it's got a big star in it. It's got J.K. Simmons, who I like. Um, But this movie's a mess. Like, it... it, it it doesn't make a lot of sense as to why things are happening. They don't explain a lot, but allude to the fact they aren't explaining things. So you think that there's going to be some sort of big reveal at the end, and there really isn't. The movie seems to end like three times, and like any of those moments could have been the end of the story. And yet it just kind of keeps... I, at one point, I, I hit pause, and I was like, oh, movie's only an hour and like 35... Wait, no, that's the count. Oh, my God, there's another hour and a half of this movie. This movie does not need to be two hours and 18 minutes. Yeah, it was long. That's insane. So it's not good. It's badly written. The dialogue is terrible. Chris Pratt's doing his best with his charming little chin to try to, like, you know... And J.K. Simmons is always delightful, but like you give him nothing to work with, and they had nothing to work with here at all. The action is like sloppy and insane. They spent a lot of money, I think, on the CGI aliens, but nothing on anything else. So like the rest of the movie looks like garbage, but those aliens look kind of cool. Like they look fairly well realized, but they're kind of monochromatic. Yeah, you know, I, I actually appreciated that they showed the aliens. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something like like Edge of Tomorrow, which is a vastly better film. Oh. It, it doesn't really show, like in the aliens in that one, they don't really see them very well because they're supposed to go so fast and they're like these blurry things. Like they're not like physical the way that these creatures are. And that's what I thought this was going to be. And I was, and then like eventually they just started showing them, and I was like, "Good, that's fine." Like, 
there are hints of like a horror movie with the suspense in this, but eventually it's just an action movie where they're shooting them like commandos. And I was like, okay, fine. Like if I can see what I'm shooting at and you show me that these things are like violent, disgusting Mm -hmm. human eating creatures, I'm on board with that. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Like spend the money. You have it. You're Amazon for God's sakes. Spend the money on this. And I think in with edge of tomorrow, you don't want to show them the aliens because your story is so much better that it's going to distract you from what's going on. Like, you know, I, I, I thought a lot about Starship Troopers watching this, and they show you the, the aliens full on there. I mean, like, really, like, over the top, basically a B-movie type <laughs> gore in that, and, and which is, that's what, what makes it great. I love Starship Troopers. It's a great movie. <laughs> but because you know what theaters. you're sort of in for, it's like it's not mm-hmm. even remotely complicated. There's no hidden things. See bugs, shoot bugs. It's not that you know. It's not bizarre. Anyway, but you know, with Edge of Tomorrow, you, the the plot is complex enough, and the storyline is is interesting. And Tom Cruise is so handsome that you really don't need to bother what looking at the aliens. They're not the important thing. The important thing is how they figure out how to use this weirdo time travel thing. He's 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 come across. They would. It'd be more distracting to have them. So if you if if you don't have much to work with, show the aliens. Okay. If you if you have a lot to work with, don't bother because you don't need to. You just you just have to know that they're bad and they're trying to eat you, and you don't want to be eaten. General rule of thumb. Um, but yeah, this is not a good movie for a lot of reasons. But I think with a little bit of work, it could have been a good movie. And I think the good part of the movie is like the last half of an hour. Like the last half an hour of this film, I was like, okay, now we're kind of doing something interesting and proactive. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, I don't know why you're listening. This movie takes place in like 2022. And during the end of the World Cup, a bunch of human beings pop out onto the field through some kind of portal and tell everyone, you know, we come from about, what is it, like 40 years in the future, we're being attacked by aliens, we're, lo- <clears throat> we're losing the war, and we, we need you to come fight with us. So, seemingly at random, people are chosen to be teleported in, into the future to f- help fight the aliens. And... Then <laughs> what happens next? And Most then of them don't come back. Yeah, they they they're all getting slaughtered. Like you know, like they think their the return rate's like twenty percent. Chris Pratt is tapped to go. You're not quite sure why. You find well, out they, that he. Well, they say yeah. like at some point you'll die. So you when you go to the future, you're not already there. Like it won't screw up the timeline. Right, which is okay. It's like, oh, well, that's a little surprising. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if that means something. Spoiler alert. It does not. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so he, he goes there. He meets his daughter for some reason. They make, she's she, she, she trying, trying to make a poison to get, to send it back to him, back with him to somehow make more of it and, it it's just it's bananas. The whole thing makes no sense, and that's my ultimate problem with the film: is that the typical thing you do in a time travel movie, if you can go back in time while a terrible thing is going on, is you go back in time and you stop the terrible thing from happening. And in this movie, they first tell you that they can't quite do that because while time. Time moves only in one direction. You can't... You, you can go back with it, but you can also... It, they, they use the like the metaphor of like two boats traveling down a river. And if you jump from one boat in the past to one to, to, to the, the other boat in, in the future, that other boat is still moving. And so when you jump back, you'll jump back, a, you know, in, in, in this case, seven days after... You left, right? Am I getting? Am I, this is where I get. get yeah, yeah. All right, and so, so the point the point when you leave is moving concurrently with the point in the future. And so when you go back, you can't. 
you, you can only be gone for like a week. Right. They don't want you to be gone too long. Well, most people don't stay that long because they die anyway. Right. Now, I never finished MIT, so I don't know if this if there's any kind of truth to that in some sort of theoretical physics model, but it sounds like horseshit to me. Well, I mean, whatever. It's time travel. The rules are different all the time. Right. So, but the whole point that they, the, the, the point they were trying to make by explaining that awkwardly was that you couldn't just go back and, like, you couldn't just send things back in time to then just stop the things happening in the future. Like, you couldn't prevent the thing from happening. You have, so they had to go there and fight alongside the 500,000 people left on the planet. Right. Well, the, so the, the future girl, like, it's like one of the extras was like, hey, why don't we just go and stop them from taking over the planet? Like, why come now? And she's like, well, blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> the problem is, we, you know, like, we don't know where they came from. They just, boom, appeared one day. And by the time they, that happened and we noticed them, they were everywhere. So we don't know when to go back and start that. Plus, like, we need people at a certain point to come back. And they can only come back to when we finally built that time machine. Right? Because, like, if we, if we cast it into the past, we can only start going between back and forth. So we need more people. Before these aliens showed up and started eating everybody, so I was just, I, like I just shrugged. I was like, "All right, fine." Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but it's the worst idea ever because you you don't you don't do that. You don't pull people out of the past to help you in a basically a lost cause in the future. That's just really it's just really stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Better you just tell people get ready. You know, it starts in Russia. Okay. Like, this is what we know. This is like they 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 find the whole thing because one of the, you know, draftees that gets sent into the future happens to be wearing one of the things like fangs around its his neck as a souvenir, and they use the souvenir to do some kind of a spectral image and they find the thing and like they figure it out in ten minutes. You mean to tell me if you just sent me all of the data that you have on this alien species and I and I had 35 years to figure it out, I wouldn't be able to figure that out? Like it's just the dumbest premise ever and it gets dispensed with in the last half an hour when they start to do the real thing you do in a time travel movie, which is to go prevent the thing from happening in the first place. So all you have to do to make this movie a thousand percent better is take the first two thirds of it and make it the first one third of it. You like you can have this stupid idea be be the beginning point for your movie, and then someone just raises their hand and says, "This is a really stupid idea. What we should do is what they do in the last, you know, third of the movie, but longer." Wasn't and the idea that, that like they just didn't have enough people in the future? Like we just we just need people. I mean, five hundred thousand people is not a lot of people for the planet. Right? No, not at all. And I I can kind of get that. But when he goes into the future and he meets who ends up being his daughter for you know I guess to get you that that emotional connection to what's going on, they work together. They find the magic poison that's going to kill all the all the aliens, and then they're trying to like get out they're on the 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 structure in the ocean and the aliens are attacking and she says like okay i'm gonna send you back with this thing and you got to make as much of it as you can over the next 30 years to get ready for this alien attack and if you do that we'll all be fine and he's like but I'll, I'm going to leave you here to die. I'm like, were you not listening to what she said? When you go back in time to where you came from, she'll be alive again. Yeah, well, that part wasn't good. What, but that's, but that's the were, whole thing. <laughs> like, like milking it. I'm like, but this is fine, right? Like, right. if he fixes the future, she won't be dead. Yeah. So, like, but that's, that's true of everybody. If they go back and fix the future, nobody dies. But, or not nobody dies. But, like... Well, isn't you know, the, so wasn't the idea that they were secretly trying to find that toxin to kill them like that was really the mission 
Like, didn't they just not tell the draftees that? Because, like, his first mission when they drop him in is find the scientists. And then he goes, oh, they're all dead. And they go, well, then you have to grab those vials. And then, like, everybody else is just buying time until she can figure that out. Right? Like, isn't that really, like, what was really going on? Sure. Yeah. But that it, it just that didn't require an hour and 20 minutes. It just, like, that can all be done faster and more compact to give yeah, you time I mean, to, 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 to do the real kind of, like, ragtag team in Siberia looking for the aliens, which is... Well, that was the thing. And, like, they said, like... I mean, I'm not excusing it because it, it wasn't great, but they were just, there was like so much exposition where they said like, we didn't, they thought they came from space, which they did. Yeah. But the problem is like, we don't know where they came from. They just, one day they were all over Eastern Europe and Russia and Russia's huge. So they said like, you know, when they arrive, when they land, stab them all with this poison. And it's not until Chris Pratt has the genius idea that like, you know, Maybe they were already here to start with. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. you're right. They probably could have figured that out, but then it would be a different movie. <laughs> right. Uh, and there's a term for that. I can't think of the Better. It would have been a better movie. Wouldn't it have been great? I'm not saying this would have been great. But, like, it just... It seemed like... It just seemed like everything was contrived to do certain things. So, you know, you had... Chloe from 24 there who was supposed to like be out of place but kind of insane and tough and you know the the black guy who makes jokes he kind of reminded me of like the character from uh uh what was it called uh, not not not, not, not not another teen movie with the kid it's like the black actor who's just like oh I'm just a black guy I'm gonna say things like damn and that is whack like he was just so out of place so like it'd be all be like, oh, you're all going to die. Strap in and hold on to your ass. And he's like, I talk when I'm nervous. And, and that guy was in the wrong movie. <laughs> he was actually kind of funny. I thought like well, his, his 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 delivery was good, but you're right. He he got he got off at the wrong soundstage, and yeah, no one bothered to wrong. tell him you were in the I wrong. I mean, like film that guy's here. wearing a chef's hat. Like, what what are we all wearing? I'm like, he had a point because he was pointing out the absurdity that like we're sending untrained civilians into a war zone where most of them don't come back. We're not going to give them armor. We're just going to give them a gun. And he's like, this is the shirt I came in with. Like, this is an actual camo. <laughs> you know, he's like, what's, what is the, the, you know, that guy's wearing a chef's hat. That's my lawyer. Like she's wearing a business suit. Like, this is stupid. And I'm saying, like, why is he pointing all this out? <laughs> yeah, He's not helping the film. At all. So yeah, that was the other thing is like, they would do things like that. And like my brain sort of defaults to, well, there must be a reason that they did that. <laughs> yeah. Did I no, miss the reason? No, there was no reason. No, it was okay. So I didn't hate this film because it was entertaining enough in spots. You know, watching Chris Pratt be a commando can be fun, and the and the action I thought was, you know, it was too quick at some points, but it was interesting enough. Like I could see enough of it, yeah, more than a Bourne movie or whatever. But it didn't know what it was supposed to be until that last hour. Yeah. You know, in the first hour and a half, <laughs> at some points it's a suspenseful horror movie. At some points it's like a stupid cliche Independence Day, or it's pterodactyl with Coolio. Like we're just <laughs> shooting monsters. Like it's it's not about anything. We're just watching Chris Pratt go to the future. I'm like, what is the point of this? Like, is there a message I'm supposed to be learning here? And it's not until they get to about. The montage where he sciences with his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing science. It's a, look, a science montage. That that all of a sudden there's an emotional through line of, of him being with his daughter. Because there's... You know, there, there's all these awful contrivances where he asks... Like, he'll, he will just straight up ask her things about the future. And she will go, I don't need to tell you that right now. Which doesn't do anything except extend the movie. Like she could just tell him what's going on. And eventually she spills her guts that he divorces the mom. He leaves the family. He dies in a car accident. 
Like, and that's why he's not in the future. And his whole thought is like, I can't believe that. Why would I leave my family and abandon my child? And she said, because you were so upset with the way your life was going, you know? And then you remember from the beginning of the film, his father abandoned him as well. He was a, a Vietnam vet with alcohol problems who, who left his family. And then I'm like, oh, it's about fathers and families and stuff. Because when he goes back to the past, he says, I'm going to make a life for my kid and I'm going to, I'm going to be a better man and appreciate what I have and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where the hell was this in the first 20 minutes? That's what your movie is about. And you're expressing that through shooting aliens in the face. You know, all the other stuff in between that is just nonsense that's going on. Entertaining, but like I can barely remember. It doesn't stick with you. So when, when, like, when that happened, I was slightly more interested because then it was like, you know, I mean, I have no doubt that Chris Pratt's going to make it out, but is J.K. Simmons going to make it out? Are they going to reconcile? They do, you know? And then it's why he has, like, the, the voiceover at the end where he's like, and now I realize that my true adventure was right in front of me. And it's like, oh, my God, who wrote this? Yeah, it but was the sentiment, really... the sentiment was right, but the writing was bad. Yeah, they veered from that completely. And you're like, you're right. Like you like you have to find your theme and do that. It's possible that this there was a better version of this movie on the cutting room floor somewhere and that they said, I'm sorry, but we need like seventy two percent more aliens being blown up in the first hour and a half of this film to make it any good. Be- because like that's I mean, I imagine that's that might be how a lot of these, you know, tech company studios are going to make decisions. I mean, they're going to think that they can game the whole system because they're not the old Hollywood way where they would do things on intuition and you'd be wrong most of the time. And that's like, and from, from, from what I read about different businesses that start like eight, like AT&T goes to HBO and says, we're going to buy you and Warner brothers and you're all going to be part of this and we're all going to make a lot of money. And then when they have meetings with people, the you know the people who who work for for Warner's will tell the the phone people like listen we're gonna make ten movies and two of them are going to be okay and make a lot of money and eight of them are going to be crap and make no money and they hear that and they go we would like you to re- to to either flip that number completely and do it the other way around or make ten really great movies that everyone wants to see. And the problem is, is that no one knows what anybody wants to see. That's why this is hard. And so I think what, you, what you're what you going to find with like Amazon and Apple and Netflix and, you know, no longer AT&T because they sold out when they could. They realized they weren't going to make any, any money off of this. But they're going to say, well, we have all this information that says that like, Unless you have a bunch of aliens getting their heads blown off in the first 48 seconds of the movie, they're going to turn on something else. And so I, I wonder if we're in for a lot of these movies to come out that will maybe do a, s- some business in theaters, but their primary audience is going to be online now, doing like a like a short, like a, like not either a, a simultaneous release or an immediately like a one, one week later release and they're going to just basically edit the film based on metric data from their subscriber base and so the guy who wanted to tell the intimate story about the you know it's like it's like it's like breaking bad like he's he's disappointed he's a high school science teacher and he finds something else to do you know it's breaking bad meets gi joe meets you know, uh, Independence Day, and <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you can't make a movie like that. It's really maybe two things. Like I, it's I Die Hard people, meets Field of Dreams. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people, like I remember people saying like it's like a Frankenstein of Edge of Tomorrow and Independence Day and this and that. And I'm all like, but those movies were even Independence Day. They were about something. They had a theme. They had a message to them. You know, this one, it was just like, we're, we're doing an alien movie. And then they remember that they had to have some sort of point to it all, you know. 
I wonder if it wasn't the other way around, though. I wonder if, if it wasn't that the guy had it had the had the character first, and they just threw the aliens on top. Like they kind of knew what they wanted to do, but they said like you're going to need more aliens. And yeah, probably. I mean, I I kind of want to believe that when 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 people write movies, they start a little bit with that whole like what's my movie about thing, and even if they don't come to it right away. Finding the the through line between you know his happiness and you know his his past and his future and how the, how they all relate to each other that's kind of the point. And they yeah. say this is great, but you need to cut this part out and blow up some more things. Yeah, I mean, and I could see that too because, um, you know, they they did a good job with some of those. Like, I like that you could see the aliens. I like the end when they're in there and like they find out it's a spaceship and they find a different alien and they're like, this guy's hanging upside down frozen. Like he must've crashed here. Yeah. I thought that was, I see, that's the thing I wanted more of. Like they get there and go, this is not the alien that, that, that we're used to. Right. Like they're like, Hey, th- this is, this is something else. And then they start like realizing like, Oh my God, he's carrying these things on his ship. And they start like theorizing why, but they never really figure it out. Like Chris Pratt's like, well, who knows? Also, who cares? Because we have to murder them all or they're yeah. going to murder us. And like, that's enough. You don't need much more than that. Yeah. It, it could be you... interesting there, but without being distracting. And I, and I actually thought that that was, it, it, uh, it, it, one thing that was nagging me about the movie was that like, these were basically animals. They were alien animals. And the thing that I don't like about, alien animal movies is that they don't really make any sense if we're talking about an an advanced civilization that can travel the galaxy why would they behave like that it's an odd thing for them to do like in independence day you didn't like you saw the aliens you got to meet them but like they weren't eating the human beings they were just eradicating them to pull out of the earth all the natural resources that that they could Right. They like seemed that, like competent beings to do that. Yeah, that was it was the most basic of motivations. And like, okay, that's fine. But and I found this one more interesting because you don't know what it is. You know, they kind of just shrugged like I, all I know is they're gonna eat me, so I need to kill them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So so like it's it's like they started doing like a half and half, you know, the alien stuff's okay. The the emotion human stuff is okay. Which adds up to a not okay movie. Yeah. yeah. One of the, the things te- I... The, the, the tension scenes I thought were, were tense. I mean, like... Oh, that, God. That, yeah, the were... big, that building in the beginning, I was like holding my breath. I'm like, this is really it's really scary. Yeah. By the way, that's 38 minutes into the movie. Well, there's so much setup. Uh, yeah. Like, that's the thing about this that bugged me. Was it like, you know, there was, there was so much complex setup... They both character-wise and logistically speaking, and you know that must have been killing people to go. You know, guys, it's almost a full forty minutes before some before somebody gets shot at. I think also why you have the opening month, the, the opening scene of, of him falling into the 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 pool. Well, what was the point of that? There was thirty-eight more minutes between when something exciting happened and that. So, so again, someone said we need to make the beginning of the movie more exciting. Otherwise, no one's going to watch it. You know, they they spent too much time with that. Um, I mean, you have to show and set up the fact that he's a miserable science teacher. Okay, fine, he's looking for something better. Okay, he was in the, he was in the service, but then you have the whole thing where like they show up on the soccer field and they start explaining. And there's like news broadcasts and this, and like. Skip all that. Just get to it. Like, just tell us. Like, can you can condense all that stuff and then yeah. have him get drafted and everything? You know, it was a really awkward exposition dump for like a yeah. good ten minutes. It took a, it just took a long time. And you, like, but and and that again and that shit is in there for people who don't understand things. And so like, you know, like you, Tom. Speaking of better movies, in Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Tom Cruise, you know all you need to know about him in the first five minutes of the movie. You get all the information you could possibly need. He walks into 
Trafalgar Square, or he flies in <clears throat> on, a, on a helicopter. He walks into the thing. He gives him the information. He's a smug son of a bitch. The other guy, you know, says, "All right, you're drafted. You're going too." Like, and you get all of it. The entire premise is given to you in a five-minute scene. And it's it's all dialogue, but it's a, it's, it's a conversation. It's not a news broadcaster talking directly to the camera to tell you what's going on. Like, there are ways to do this, but they're harder, and they require well, more work of the audience. I, I think the people that edit those movies deserve all the awards. You know how hard it is to edit a movie that's a time, a time loop movie? Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I lose my mind. Which loop do you show? When do you cut them off? When do you start the next one? You know, like that, like that one always starts, they always start in funny ways. Like in Groundhog Day, he always wakes up to Sonny and Cher, the most annoying song in the universe. In Edge of Tomorrow, he wakes up when the guy is kicking him in the gut. You know, like it's always this jarring moment. I mean, it's hard to pick that. And then it's like, oh, has he lived long enough? Should we start the loop over again? Is the audience forgetting what, what's going on? Like the exposition comes through the loops and stuff too. So like that didn't have that here. You so also have just to, one long stream, you know. Yeah, I mean, also in those time loop movies, you have to when you shoot it, shoot like seven thousand versions of the same thing that you can oh, pick I and know. choose from too. Right. And so, like when do I use this? Like, he has different reactions to the opening thing, like you know, and they're all geared towards a linear storytelling. When when it, when it when it first starts happening, and he doesn't understand why it's happening. That's you know a certain set of takes where this is what he, what he was doing, but it's all the same basic action, same basic, and then it begins to morph in, over time. So like, you need to keep a linear through line through your repeating story. Yeah, that's a bit of a beast. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough. So yeah. yeah, this was this was not as good as that. I kind I kind of want to go watch that now. <laughs> yeah, this one just wasn't as good. Chris Pratt was fine. Yeah. He's he's pretty likable. He's starting to... I mean, is he playing just the one character? I didn't watch Parks and Rec. Did you? Uh, I've seen parts of it. He was good in that. He was uh, very different. He was the schlubby, um, like clueless loser character. Yeah, I I, me- I remember... When, Which is when, definitely not anymore. Yeah, when people said to me, oh, this guy's going to be in you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm gonna, Great. Who is that and what is that? Like, I didn't know what any of those words meant. This didn't make any sense to me. And it's like, oh, he's the guy who's... People were kind of surprised. They were like, the, you know, this guy from, you know, from Parks and Rec. And, you know, and then all he did for like what it seems to be two years was eat sawdust and skinless chicken and, you know, a lot of, you know, low weight, high rep. And he, like, you take, he goes, take off your shirt, your shirt, sir, please. It's just like, he didn't need to take his shirt off for this scene. There's no reason he needed to do that. So Yeah, but but I didn't hear anybody complaining either. No, even I didn't complain. I'm just just like, okay, well, no one told me to do that today, so. But, um, but yeah, he kind of, I, and this is like a, a, a wonderful curse to have because it's made him a millionaire, but like he's, you know, kind of going to play the same guy now for a while. Like, I think um, the other Chris, what's his name? Um, Evans? Yeah, he's trying to do other kinds of movies. He's at that point in his career where he's like, okay, I'm done playing Captain America. He Like, he made Snowpiercer... You know, he was in Knives Out. He's just he's starting to branch off a little bit. Chris Pine, who's going to do all the Chris's, he's actually I think one of the better actors out of the whole bunch. Like he's still <laughs> all the Chris's. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's like a thing on the sub beacon. They talk about you know who who's the best of the Chris's. There's Chris Hemsworth. There's Chris Pine. There's Chris Evans, and there's Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it's like it's like a toss-up as to who's the most talented. And I actually think Chris Hemsworth is probably because he's certainly the funniest. Like oh, yeah, Chris Pratt's Chris like a goofy, funny guy, but Chris Hemsworth is actually really very funny. But um, but yeah, they're all like this is what we do is we we just we generate Ken dolls out of 
out of these actors and they oftentimes like either embrace that and run with it forever or they don't and they start to do different things and it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work you know i think he's just going to make as many of these movies as as they'll pay him to make which is good for him yeah it's fine i mean he's not complaining sometimes they do though yeah sometimes they do uh, I didn't really know anybody else in this film. Did you? I, don't, the wo- I didn't recognize the, anybody. The woman who plays his um, older daughter, her daughter when she's older, is uh, from... Um, what's it called? The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. Yeah, my, okay. my, my wife um, caught that right away. Um, but yeah, no, I mean... I'm looking over the cast list. There is the one one woman who who played Chloe on Twenty Four. Yes, I do remember her. And yeah, she's kind of she's she's funny. She's like she she was kind of plays like a like a puss face kind of person. Like yeah, know, our like, friend Greg always says uh, it looks like she's smelling a fart. Yeah, that, that scrunched up nose face. Like ew. <laughs> yeah, she kind of has the perpetual. Yeah, um, and then and then of course there's J.K. Simmons, who's he can kind of do whatever he wants now, which is which is nice for him. Yeah, I was reading the trivia on that one. Apparently, they hired him because they wanted to see if he'd still get in shape for it. Apparently, there was a picture of him in shape, like as an old man, and they were like, "Holy crap, J.K. Simmons looks great." And Chris Pratt remembered that, so when they were needed to cast someone who like this big jacked crazy old man they were like hey what if jk simmons will do it again and he took the role because he's like i gotta get back in shape <laughs> you know not because i wanted to <laughs> yeah no he's he was in good shape in like whiplash like he was felt and tight in that like he was he wore like that black tight t-shirt the entire movie yeah well in this one he's even bigger like this time he's bigger yeah he's a little bit yeah. more jacked i um i remember he- hearing him talk on a podcast about how he played I don't know what he did, um, but he was in some movie or TV show where he played like a fat cop, and mm. so he had to put like a like a fat suit on. And I can't remember who he was. To, like, so he had some like you know younger actor who assumed that that's what he looked like until one day he saw him having taken off the fat suit. He's like, "Holy shit! I thought, I thought you were a fat fuck." He said to him, <laughs> <laughs> "I wish I could remember what the hell it was." Just. It was just like I can't think of who the other actor was, but that was funny. But yeah, yeah, no, he's I. He's one of those guys that's like. He's been in things for years. He was in Oz. Everyone knows him from that. But like, he's now at that point where, you can put him doing pretty much anything, and he's just talented enough, to work with any kind of crap dialogue and. There was this the scene with him and Chris Pratt in the beginning where he goes to him and try to get the the armband off. And um he says something and Chris Pratt goes, What? Did you see like he gets like indignant about it and it's supposed to be a real serious scene, but my wife and I just start laughing. And like, why did he hit that H so hard? Like it's it's supposed to be this really super intense scene between you know the estranged father and son, and it just comes across as goofy from Chris Pratt's point of view because he just he's sort of chewing the scenery as he's doing it, and J.K. Simmons is not. He's just standing there, he's like you know he's just kind of giving his lines, and you know there's not much to it, so he wasn't trying to do much with it, and it was the right thing to do. But that was so funny. What? Did you say to me? Like I was just it was so like, whoa, whoa, man. Like calm down. So yeah. So it was, you know, an entertaining couple of hours. Enough. I mean, I wouldn't I didn't like it that much. No. I didn't hate it though either. No, I I, I, I can't say I hated it. I'm just like I was just sort of sort of annoyed with the decisions that they made and I wish they'd made a better movie because there was some of the concepts in it weren't ridiculous, and you know, it's it's not 
I mean, it's mostly just sort of lazy is what I was complaining about. Like they, they took the, the harder stuff and they put it to the back burner and they just made an, an alien fighting movie when there was clearly something that somebody was trying to say. And then they had these sort of like very convenient characters that showed up. Like the dad, while he was an important character, also happened to have a plane that would fly them to Russia. And that wouldn't be a problem. And the kid who in, in class who only wanted to talk about super volcanoes became really handy at the beginning yeah. of that last section of the movie. That whole last part was just like, uh, you know, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> we're going to fly to Russia, you know, with these people and all the gooey we came up with. And we're going to murder all these monsters. And like, it's, I found it really dumb that, they, you know, they go and ask for help from the, the U.S. And, like, the defense secretary is like, I can't. Like, we can't do anything else. We've lost contact with the future. There's riots all over the world. No one's going to let me send a plane of people to, to murder the aliens. And there, and even Chris Pratt's like, but what are you, I'm, I'm telling you what happened. And so, they're like, they have to go rogue and do it on their own. I was like, really? They wouldn't spare one plane? You know, like the guy came back from the future. He knows what he's talking about. So, yeah. But you know, yeah. I mean, I, there, there are. Yeah, I don't know. Like again, like just move that up. Just put that earlier, and like make your movie about getting, getting the like the gang together to go on the insane mission to Russia. Like you, you could even have the 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 obstacle of. You know the, the the U.S. government. You know, like the whole world dis- descends into chaos. It's practically anarchy. Like that could be part of the story too. And it was just just on the TV. It wasn't part of the story. It was just something that they said was happening. It didn't actually impede them in any way. They're, they're still walking around. Like you kind of see it at the end of the movie when he comes home. Like the whole neighborhood's kind of kind of destroyed. You know, kind of lo- looks like you know like they had a, they, they had a big parade through there and no, and, <laughs> and nobody cleaned up. Yeah, you know they had that. They had some really heavy stuff in the background that they that was meant for another movie. Like when he's teaching and all the kids are in class, like, why are we bothering to do this? Because the world is going to end in it. And he's like, Oh, it's like thirty years from now. And they're like, Well, what the hell's the difference? And I'm like, Well, there's a concept you could explore. I mean, I don't know if you can do that in a movie, maybe a TV show, because that's like really heavy. That that all these people feel helpless that that the planet's about to be wiped out. You know, but they kind of they don't spend a lot of time on that. No, like it's like that's a, yeah. I, I I was thinking that like there's a lot that they could have gone into in this, and they just I'm not sure how you work that in, but my guess is you don't work it in by having a scene in the classroom. Well, it, like, it reminded me of um, Interstellar, of all movies, where like you know when they're on the planet Earth and the planet is dying there's that sense that things aren't going well, but everyone's sort of just like trudging through, yeah. you know, and like he's doing everything for his daughter and all that stuff. So it could be done, but it would be a different kind of movie. Cause you can't have that guy babbling about it. You know, the clothes he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. Like that guy, that guy was just in the wrong film. <laughs> he was, he was just the worst. I like the other guy. Yeah, he was dying of cancer. Yeah, he, he was. He was. That good. was a much more, more interesting story. Yeah, again, like there's there's elements of this that like were good. It just wasn't like you know, it feels like a movie made by committee. They just kind of like took a bunch of play doh and threw it up on like you know when you build a car out of play doh, it doesn't look like a car anymore. It looks like a big mishmash. Like that's kind of what this film was. Like somebody building a movie out of Play-Doh and it doesn't look like what you want it to, but like your, your imagination lets you take it. Like, okay, look, it's a car. It can go. And that's sort of what, what, what we're doing here is like, we've got lots of good ideas. They're not all connected and they don't all belong in the same movie. Some of them have to go. And, you know, you can have a scary action movie with, only a little bit of action. Like I always think about, and then I, I mentioned this, I think even recently about Peter Jackson making Lord of the Rings and finding that longer battle sequences don't make better battles. So more aliens eating people doesn't make for a better action movie. It just makes for more aliens eating people. 
Like everything could have been shortened by a great deal. Because you also, and like you run into problems with it too. The more you show, the more you're responsible for. So in one scene, the aliens and like they attack the Humvees pretty much without a problem at all. And, you know, destroy three of them and eat the people who, who, who are driving them. And then when they kidnap the female, and yes, they get in the Humvee, of that exactly. and they like, drive they away, away? <laughs> with no problem whatsoever. So, like, you, you know, if you're going to tell things, like, whether, whether or not you like it or not, this is a visual medium, and, you, and the, the action choices you're making in these scenes dictate what can happen later. Better action sequences seek to do this initially. Think of the opening chase sequence in Casino Royale. This is like you're learning who the character is by how he moves. Okay, but you can inadvertently just set up rules for your world that you you know this this future world that that you're building by what you choose to blow up in the first five minutes of the movie. That same thing can't be unblowable in the, in the third half of the movie. Like it doesn't. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Like, oh, they got like, because it was my first thought. Like, oh, those guys got eaten. Oh, like how are they? Gonna, they're driving the Humvee. Those aren't any good. And then they got away. I'm like, oh, I guess they're okay now. Yeah. And then they show them like attacking the helicopters. I'm like, well, they should be fine up there. And they start like flying, like flying squirrels. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know they could do that. Like, yeah, I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> so that was good, wasn't it? Because I did know they could do that. So, so yeah, I don't recommend this movie, but I do recommend Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, there's a hundred other better movies. I mean, if you're already paying for Amazon Prime, which most likely you are, sure, go ahead. Who is not paying? I shouldn't say that. I, I, I met somebody over the weekend. I didn't meet her. I knew who she was. But she's like, well, I, <laughs> I, I don't support Amazon. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like... You're really Where do you buy your things from? <laughs> Where like, do you get stuff? <laughs> like, especially in the last like year and a half when we weren't doing a lot of in-person shopping. So, yeah. don't know what don't know what the heck that's like. But like, who doesn't have Prime? Anyway, all right. Anything else about this nonsense? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys out there had any thoughts about uh, what was it, Edge of Tomorrow, the Tomorrow War, that you think we didn't cover enough, um, you could definitely let us know on Instagram or Twitter. We are at Three Drinks in Pod. You can yell at us on our Facebook page. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave ratings and reviews. Go to the website and check out our merch store at tpublic.com. And that's it, right? Uh, yeah, that's all. Okay. As always, please drink. Re- re- bleh, bleh, bleh. I can't even get it out tonight. <laughs> please please drink responsibly. <laughs> I haven't had a drop. We'll talk to you all next time. Yep. Take care. Bye.